There have been a lot of great hockey players over the years. Legends, both on and off the ice. The Overtime Podcast checks in with some of hockey's biggest names and talks about what these great players are up to today. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Here's your host, Gino Retta. Hey, hockey fans, welcome to the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Red. I spent over four decades working in the game, fortunate enough to meet some of the legends of the game, saw them come into the league, watched them shine in the game, and now they've moved on to life after the game. The 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast gives us a chance to catch up, tell some great stories, relive some great memories, and hear what they're up to today. Pretty excited about today's NHL legend, as I am every week. This gentleman is a 10-time Stanley Cup champion, eight times as a player, twice as a general manager, a Conn Smythe winner in 1969, a member of the legendary 1972 Team Canada for the Summit Series between Canada and Russia, a Hockey Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen, Serge Savard. Serge, it is so great to be catching up with you again today, my friend. How are you? Very good. The pleasure for me. Last time I saw you, it's in PEI, I think. Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now delivery app and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say, fuel me up, Sev. You know the Crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just $11.99, order a large hot from the oven in minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a two liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. 7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, Meals, snack and treats, 24-7. We chatted in PEI, spent a lot of time in PEI, and we also, uh, sadly, we, we were chatting at Guy Lafleur's funeral on the steps of the chapel. It was a difficult time, my friend, because I know uh, how important Guy was in your life, how important he was in, in the hockey community. And you shared, you and I spoke on the stairs that day uh, as you were going into Guy's funeral, and you talked about the fact that you compared the impact he made on the game to the impact that legends like Gretzky and Bobby Orr made. Can you share that with our audience? He did. Uh, you know, I, like here in Montreal, I, I compare him, you know, the three great guys that I know in, you know, in, in, in common uh, in late history. I like Bellevue and Henri Richard. Before, before Richard, I didn't see any play. Yeah. But, 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 but Guy... Uh, he, you know, he's at the same level as those guys, but he dominated in points, and the other two did not. Like Guy Lafleur dominated for the National Hockey League for six years. And I remember, you know, we could have given him the trophy before the season starts. He, yeah. he was that dominant. And uh, I know we had a great team, but this guy, uh, on top of being a great player, he was a great team player, and that's what makes, you know, team greats. Yeah, it does. And and listen, both yourself and Guy, part of the most storied franchise in NHL history, the most successful uh, organization in Stanley Cup history. And a stat that always stands out, and, and you and I have known each other for years, my friend. It's always been so great to stop and chat with you and talk. But one of the numbers that still blows me away, despite all the years I've known you, despite all the years I watch you play, is the fact that you you played 16 seasons in the NHL and you won eight Stanley Cups. The ratio of that is insane, Serge. Like, are, are there times even still right now where you encounter people? Yeah, yeah, I, I played 16 years. Yeah, and or did you win? Yeah, six, uh, you know, eight Stanley Cups, half the years. Does that number still, like, 
does that ever land on you, the reality of that? You don't really realize it. You know, I was lucky enough. I started in 67. Uh, uh, and my first two years, we won the Cup, 68, yeah. 69, you know, the, the, the year of the expansion. So it's pretty good start. And uh, But there's one guy, and, 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 you know, we won six times in the 70s. We were so dominant in the including 70s. Including four straight. Yeah, including four straights, so 67 to 69. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, I was lucky I ended up, with a great team and, 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 uh, in today's, you know, uh, cap, salary cap, I don't think you could form a team like that anymore. And yeah. uh, as, as soon as you, you know, you just look at, at our lineup in the seventies and, and the salary cap would destroy those teams, that team. We had uh, Larry Robinson on the podcast earlier. And, uh, obviously you played with him. You won the, the, that streak of four straight Stanley cups with, Larry from 1976 to 1979 and it was interesting to get his perspective because he's the kid coming in and, and yeah. he was talking I, I asked him I said what was that like walking into the dressing room and he goes are you kidding me I look around and there's Serge Savard and Guy Lapointe and like <laughs> he says, he says I, couldn't, I couldn't believe myself what was that like for you when you saw this big lanky kid 20 years old 6 foot 4 200 pounds barely soaking wet what were your first impressions of him? What was it like? Well, it actually, it was 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 the greatest thing ever happened to me because you know, as you know, I broke my leg in 1970 yeah. and I broke it pretty again badly the following year. And and having Larry Robinson on the team, it was a breed of fresh air for me because I I I I change, you know, I I I, uh, I changed my style a little bit. I, I changed my style a little bit. I became a more defensive defenseman because I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. You know, you you you, you had this guy. Uh, you, you had Robinson and Lapointe on the power play, so you know I didn't have a very good shot. I I, I did not want to play on the power play. I, I love kill penalties, and, and for me, I was I played with Larry Robinson uh, most of his career when I was with him and. Uh, and I kept telling him, "Don't worry, I'll be behind. Don't worry." So he—he's the guy that took the chances, not me. Here's a here's a story that he told me, and I did not know this, Serge. You you know, I I grew up watching you guys play, so I knew most of these stories. But this is a story I did not know. He got drafted by the Habs, twentieth overall. That was the Gila Fleur draft. You knew that. What I didn't know was the fact that he did not want to get drafted by the Habs. He said, I didn't want to get drafted there. They won all the time. I was a Chicago Blackhawks fan growing up, and I didn't. You were at the complete opposite end of the scale because you and your family and your siblings, tell our audience about what it was like in the Savard household as you guys were growing up, listening to the, and watching the Montreal well, Canadiens uh, games. Of, of course, it, it, you know, it, we, uh, we grew up when there was only six teams. Yeah. And it was only two teams in Canada, and 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 the fans, and basically all the French Canadian across Canada were Montreal Canadian fans, and, yeah. and the rest, uh, the, the the Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and that's the way the fans divided. When I was a kid, we had uh, we were ten, we divide the, each other on the ice, and we were probably twelve on the ice, fourteen on the ice, and thirteen Montreal Canadian sweater. <laughs> And sometimes you had a Gordy House sweater or a Toronto Maple Leafs because in in, in the Eaton catalogs that's all we got. Mon 
Toronto and Montreal. <laughs> that's all you could get. So, so growing in, in rural Quebec, uh, my dream was to play with the Montreal Canadiens. I, I never thought for one second to play for somebody else. And uh, that was crazy. But that, after the expansion and, you know, people were thinking differently. But for me, my dream came true. I, 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 I moved in Montreal at 15. The Montreal Canadiens kept me in Montreal. I played mm -hmm. Junior B the first year, then Junior A, and then the Montreal, uh, the Junior Canadian for three years. And the first day I walked, uh, the second year with the Junior Canadiens, I was invited to the big camp. Was no draft in those days, you know. Yeah, yeah. And no, nobody plays pro b before he finishes junior, except yep. maybe Bobby Orr came one year sooner. Yeah. So I walk in that dressing room, and the first guy I meet is John Beliveau. Could you? I'm seven <laughs> years build. old. Yeah. And John Beliveau shook hand with me. He says, "Welcome and good luck at the camp." Geez, I I, I couldn't talk. You know, I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, but but that guy, you know, practicing with them, I was on the same team. You know, they divided yeah. the, the training camp in four teams. It was like a tournament. And yeah. it was something, you know, and it was like going to heaven. To heaven. So, yeah. yeah I, contrary to but Larry, but his brother got drafted by Chicago. He so did, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went upward. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You mentioned John Bellavo because I – Jean Beliveau was my hero as a young boy because of him. Four was my favorite number. Red was my favorite color. Um, and I remember a story about you talking about when you first met him. I remember when I first met him, I had been in broadcasting for years. And I, I, I didn't meet him until after his playing days. And I went up to him and I said, excuse me, Mr. Beliveau, do you mind if we just uh, take a minute for an interview? He goes, no problem. Please call me Jean. And I paused and I went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't, I can't call you, know, you Jean. I, I, when you first when you first came in Montreal from the Quebec Aces, he, he, they brought him up for three games, exhibition, not exhibition, regular game, but they brought yeah. him up from Quebec. It's in 1952. I was six years old. I was listening to the game on radio. There's no television in 52. Television yeah. came in 57 up north. And he scored three goals that night in Montreal. And I played four years with him. You know, when you think about that, I was oh I fall asleep. It on gives the me radio. chills. <laughs> yeah, as a six-year-old, and then he's the guy that shook in with me at seventeen years old. Walk home in the dressing room, you know. Yeah. And I played four years with him from sixty-seven to seventy-one, and he retired at seventy-one. We won the cup yeah. that year, and he finished at forty. He finished first scorer of the team. No, nobody know, noticed that, but he finished first scorer of the team. He was still good. Yeah. He, I don't know if you remember the. the oh, the, the I remember goal, very well. <laughs> the goal in overtime in Boston, and you yeah. know he, he was forty. Yeah, not too many guys can do that. What you you mentioned winning the Stanley Cups. One of the Stanley Cups you won with him was in nineteen sixty nine when you you won the Conn Smythe that year. So now you're celebrating the Stanley Cup on the ice. You're winning the Conn Smythe. Mm -hmm. And you're a teammate of Jean Beliveau. At that point, do you start to think to yourself, I can't believe this is actually my life? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, you know, he's in the same dressing room, but, but I never seen so many respect from everybody yeah. about, a, about a person. And yeah. even, you know, even the opponent, I, I, I never yeah. seen anybody 
taking a, a you know a cheap shot on John Bellavo. It, it, it was all about respect, and and he did respect everybody else. Bellavo never hit somebody from behind, never did no. anything crazy on the ice. Uh, but it was like it was a, it was mystic. Every when you walk in a room and Bellavo is there, it's Mister Bellavo. And yeah. I've seen that many, 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 many years after. And when I when I got the job as a manager, he was he had the next next office of mine. I, I yeah. you know, I, I I could hear him talk from my office, and 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 I had a coffee with him many times in the morning, and and talk to him about the game. And uh, he was just, you know, he was he was a hero. He, he was. I I don't know anybody that didn't like Billable. Period. Yeah, he was a legend. Now, in fairness, you were also a hero. <laughs> we're we're in conversation with not at the same team. level, you know. Yeah. Not at the well, same level. no, a few guys are on the level of Jean Bellevoy. I agree with you on that. We're in conversation with Hockey Hall of Famer Serge Savard. This is the Seven Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Retta. You mentioned briefly uh, your broken leg. Our audience needs to know how serious this was. This was in the seventy seventy one season. Uh, I think you had five separate fractures. Yeah. In yeah. your left leg, you needed surgery yeah. on three different sets of surgery. What was well, that like is, emotionally for you to go through like that? Yeah, the the thing is, they they they, they reduce it the, 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 at night after uh, during after a game. I went to the hospital. They took me to the hospital and they reduced my my fracture and put it in place and put it in yeah. the cast and 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 I remember the next morning I got up. I had a nervous pass and I knew. This thing was all broken again, yeah. and I called the nurse and I says, "You better X-ray this thing. I know it's not right." Well, she says, "You're due only in three days for the X-ray, but I have to go now." So I had another operation. Same thing happened two days later. Same thing happened two days later. So finally. Uh, this thing got resolved after the third operation. So I had three operations in the same week. How are you so, now? Are you are you okay now? Is there any lasting ramifications of yeah, that? Or? I, I, I broke it again a, a year after when yeah. I came back because I, the doctor told me, he says, your leg is very, very strong, but the two screws are still there. Uh, I, I, and there's a weakness just above the screws. And that, that that's exactly where it broke when, when Bobby Bond hit me uh, at the blue line. You know, his hip was so low, he hit me right, right at, the, at that yeah. spot. And it was a clean check, but it broke my leg. Uh, and, and after that, I had a bone graft. And my I missed gosh. a full year. I missed a full year. I came back in February 72. That's why I was not supposed to play on the 72 team. And uh, yeah. thanks God Fergie called me. He says, how do you feel? I says, well, I, 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 at the end of the season, I, I, I think I was back in my old form. Bobby yeah. said, just come to the training camp. And, and I found out later that John, when he accepted the job, he told Iris Sinden, I get to pick two players. That's a true story. Wow. And he, and he picked he picked Peter Mahovlich and myself. 
Wow. There were, I think there were eight of you guys. Was there not, was there not eight of you or is it six of you that were on the 72 team? Six. Habs. Six. There were six Habs. So you go to, you're talking about John Ferguson senior there, obviously for those who weren't aware yeah. of what you're talking about, who was in management with the organ with the 72 summit series. You went there as the second youngest player for team Canada in 72. You went from, the the man in the Montreal Canadiens dressing room, the Conn Smythe winner, to one of the kids on the 72 team. What was that like when you were walking around? I mean, you had to have the confidence because you knew well, what I, you were I capable didn't of doing. That. I was 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had younger guys that did not play, like Dion. And, yep. and but but I I did I realizing it now, fifty years later, because we're <laughs> we're about ten, eleven that can that can travel, you know, very well, and uh, yeah. a lot of guys are are not feeling well, and we lost ten of them, you know, last year we lost yeah. Roger Bear, Antonio Esposito, uh, but you know, we we just passed, we had the festivities of the, of the 58, 50, 50 years of uh, our anniversary for Team Canada seventy two and. It's one of the greatest moments of my career. I've been in a lot of Stanley Cup, but this moment is something special. And I was so proud when we came back. And, and you know, we were six from the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. We were all dressed the last game. Yeah. And four of us were on the ice for the one and go. Uh, and I remember when we came back, uh, the first game in Montreal, Scotty put the six of us on the first shift. <laughs> Uh, That's we awesome. Five minutes salvation, and I, 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 I was, I'm still shaking. You know, it's it, it was something special, something that will never happen again. And wherever I go, when when the crowd is, you know, over over sixty years old, people tells me uh, I was in my classroom, and the prof brought the television in the classroom. <laughs> Everybody knows where they were, and uh, that's my story, Serge. That's exactly my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were, we were, uh, we were. Uh, I, I, I think, I think Canada was something like uh, 20, 22 million. I, I forget, but but it was like eighteen million. <laughs> yeah, was about like eighty percent was watching only yeah. the. Counting the babies, you know, so everybody yeah. watched that series. Yeah. It was it was exactly my story. We were in what was called the open area in our school, and they rolled the TV in on those big rollers, and we all watched as four classes together on this one little, I don't know, maybe 20-inch television screen. And it was a moment, like, for us, when it happened, was crazy. You were there on the ice, there. What was that actual moment like? I don't think I realized at that time. You know, you, you had Brezhnev in the fourth row behind the net. You yeah. know, and when Jean-Paul Parisi, could you imagine if Jean-Paul Parisi hit somebody? That's the end of the series. And I you know. there and, and all, all those, uh, do, do, those army guys in the building, you know, we did not realize that. We did, uh, you know, even I, I think after 50 years, we did talk more about it than we did after 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it yeah. took times to realize the importance of this thing. You know, this, this, this Team Canada 72 uh, did a lot of things. I, I think it brought this country together. It did a lot of stuff, a lot of great stuff. And uh, and as today, 
that was probably my greatest moment in sports. Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now delivery app, and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say, Fuel me up, Sev. You know the Crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering, Wings, or Pizza, in your ear, right now. For just $11.99, order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. 7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats, 24-7. So John Ferguson, you got to tell this story, and I'm going to tee it up and then you tell the story. So John Ferguson goes out of his way to make sure that you're on the roster. He makes sure that you're a part of that team. And you took away, or you led to the takeaway, of a souvenir that he had worked so hard to get <laughs> to bring back home. Why don't you tell the story from start to finish what you did? I guess I did not realize what I was doing, but uh, when we came back from Moscow, uh, you know, it, there was there was a campaign going on in Canada, an election, and Trudeau was the prime minister, and we were on the <coughs> fireman float, and, and everybody was on that float at the airport, and, <coughs> and Trudeau was was just beside and and I, I remember Peter Mahovlich grabbed him and brought him on the float with us. Fergie is there, but he, Fergie is a guy that always played tricks on you, you know. So I I was just looking at playing a trick, so I grab his stick and I give it to Trudeau. But tell and, him what the stick was, though. It was an autograph stick from every player on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did not know that. But at that time, but I assumed it was. You know, I didn't have. I didn't have time to think about that. I just grabbed the stick and I gave it to Trudeau. And he looked at me and he couldn't say anything. And but but the next day it was in the paper, and, and Trudeau's office returned the stick to John Ferguson. That's hilarious. So Fergie goes out and gets his autograph stick. He goes, this is a moment I'm never going to forget. And you take that stick and give it to Pierre <laughs> Trudeau. What was Fergie going to say? No, no, give it back. No, he no, he did not say anything. <laughs> Fergie yes. was a great person. He was, he was a, you know, a really tough guy on the ice, but uh, a really mild guy off the ice. He was yeah. he's such a nice person. He was my best friend. You know? and, yeah. He was a legend. We're in conversation with eight-time Stanley Cup champion as a player with the Montreal Canadiens twice as management, uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, Serge Savard. Uh, this is the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Retta. Serge, I want to talk to you about 1976. Larry called it the best. Larry Robinson called it the best uh, Montreal Canadiens team he ever played on. Would you Would you call it that as well? Uh, the, the Canadiens? I, yeah, uh, I tell you what, about Team Canada 76. Well, both. No, actually, Team Canada 76, the best compilation of Canadian, no doubt about that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, for me, it's the best team. 70, yeah. It was a better team than 72. There's no doubt Talent about wise, that. Talent-wise, yeah. Yeah. But but our team, whether it's 76 or 77 or, you know, the, those three years, you know, whether we, whether you lose eight or 10 or 12, uh, three years in a row that the, the, we lost eight, 10, and 12 uh, games a year. So, so is is the the team that lost eight games is it the better team than the following year? But those those teams for three years were a great team and maybe maybe seventy six seventy seven had an edge, but I I don't really know. But there's a special meaning to it because you knocked off the the Broad Street Bullies, the Flyers. Tell our audience how important that was for you, what the Flyers represented at that point, and what you guys did by knocking those that Flyers team off. Well, 
you, you know, we never we we never promote violence. We never promote you know fights uh, in Montreal. Uh, we had tough guys over the years, but uh, you know we like we had when I arrived, we had a John Ferguson. He was playing regular and and he scored twenty something goals, twenty eight goals one year. But 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 hockey, I I think it's a, in the seventies. Uh, for three, four years, it was it, it was a black period for the National Hockey League, and uh, we start from. And the reason for that is because we had we we had we expand too quickly. Mm. We didn't have we did not have enough good players. So instead of having one tough players like Philadelphia, start that, and they figure it's easier to have a. a a second tough guy, a third tough guy, then have a 20-goal score. So they end up with, with three, four tough guys, and every other team had to, to add three or four tough guys to compete with them. Every game we played against Philadelphia in those years was a brawl against any any team, and, and that's the dark age of hockey, and I never liked that. Uh, and they were jumping on you like I had to fight. I didn't want to fight. Yeah, and they weren't penalized because they didn't have the third man in in those years. Remember, yeah. they weren't penalized. No instigator. Yeah, no instigator. So, so the national. I blame the National Hockey League uh, at that time because they could have solved that problem in five minutes, but they did not. Yeah, they start with the instigator later on, and then they say you're allowed to fight three times, and then two times, and then yeah. you know it, it, they they kept it because they thought it was part of the game. And it was not part of the game. No. We're the only sports in the world that still allowed fighting in the game. Yeah, no, it's well said. It's well said because to, to your point, you couldn't compete skill on skill with you guys because there just wasn't that much skill once you diluted the league at that point. It took a little while for I, the I, to I still up. can see it. You know, I, I, I'm a grandfather now, and I don't want to go see my, my kids and say, you have to learn how to fight if you want to play hockey. I think that's the really wrong message. And I have grandkids now that reach, as soon as they reach a certain level, I got one is not that big, and he start to have contact, and, and he quit. Because, it was, you know, all of a sudden they start to have contact, and, and you have kids uh, 11 uh, 100 pounds and you play against a kid that's 200 pounds yeah. even if they're the same age and they start to have contact and that's not the spirit of sports no. I, 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 and that's why in 1976 i came out publicly after we beat them in four games and i said it's the best thing ever happened to hockey and, and the montreal canadians we were not only a good team we were a bigger team than the flyers mm-hmm. You guys did, and you know what you should do, Serge, is is take the video of the old uh, Savardian Spinorama and show that to your grandkids and say, "Look, that's <laughs> yeah. what that's what Papa, that's what Grandpa used to play." Not just a fighter, but it's funny because for a, for a long time, I mean, we all remember Danny Gallivan's call of the Savardian Spinorama, but people yeah. thought it was Danny Savard, but it was actually you that started the move for our audience. Well, explain our audience what the move was and where that name came from. Well, Daddy Gallivan gave me that name, but, 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 uh, I, I like to tell you that I invented, but I did not. I, 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 I one of my idol was doing it is Doug Harvey at, yeah. at that time. And, and, uh, 
my idol when I was younger uh, was Bellevue, and then I played both positions. Then when I came in, in Montreal, the Canadian says, you're too big to play forwards. They put me on defense, and, and I, I started to really like Harvey, which was the best defenseman in the league, and he was doing that. And I, I don't know if I, if I did it because of him, it was something like it was natural to me to do that. Yeah. And I, I was turning, I was playing on the right side. I was turning on the left side all the time. And, and, and it was, it was done at the last second and they couldn't change direction. So that, that was a very good move. And even in the practice, you know, you had guys like Regent Hall, he says, I'm going to get you. And <laughs> he just couldn't do it. And uh, I remember one time he broke his stick. He was so upset. But that, that's the way it was. To our audience who maybe don't know the Savardian Spinorama, Google Savardian Spinorama on YouTube and check it out. You'll see it. It's Denny Savard did it. Uh, Serge Savard did it. Other guys have tried to replicate it, but not like the original. And if you can get the Danny Gallivan call, listen to it. It's spectacular. So, so Serge, after your tremendous success with the Habs, again, the number to me is crazy. Eight Stanley Cups in 16 seasons. That's an average of one every two years in the NHL. People would would kill for that. You go on to become the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. As, as crazy as it was to imagine yourself playing for the Habs, to winning eight Stanley Cups to the Habs, to winning a Conn Smythe with the Habs, was it even crazier to think that one day you could be running the organization as the GM? Well, I, 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 at the beginning, when, when Ron Curry offered me that. And, and I, I don't know. I said, I don't know if I can do this. You know, <laughs> you know. And they, there was no school for that. I, I, yeah. I, I, I says, I, I saw the, I saw this job so big. So I, I says, well, I don't know. And then when I, I, when I accept to do that, uh, you know, the hockey player was the manager all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hockey players, I, and I, I knew, I knew. I was, I was brought up in an organization where a goal against is just as important as a goal score. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I was brought in an organization where team plays is the main thing, mm-hmm. where the top players like Belleville, Richard, uh, uh, Guy Lafleur learn how to play defense, learn how to play as a teammate. And the team is the most important thing. And that's why I want as a manager, I convince my players, I cancel all the personal bonuses as a manager. I don't think you can do that now. Everybody, including Guy Lafleur, including at the goal scorer, had team bonuses. And if you look at that new contract today, you'll have bonuses for the amount of time playing on the ice. Yeah. For the amount of assists, with the amount of goals, everything is personal. Yeah. So you can you can bring three top players, and they they take a, a half of your payroll, but it doesn't make you a, a real team, really, yeah. unless unless you learn, unless you agree to play as a team. Yeah, and you did it when, when so we won. When we won in '86 and '93, and people still say. I was lucky. You I'm know, not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know about lucky. But, but, but 86, remember 86, we lost yeah. the first two games. In, in you Quebec had that very City. slart under Jean Perron in that year. And then, like, I don't think anybody that year thought you guys were going to win, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In '92, we lost two games. The first two games in Quebec City in '93, and then we lost two games the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. So Crazy. that was pretty amazing, and our team was getting better and better and better. So you win the Stanley Cup in '86 as a general manager. Then you go back in 1993. You got Wayne Gretzky and the LA Kings in the Cup final, and you beat them again for the 24th Stanley Cup in franchise history, which is crazy. And you were part of 10 of them, two as a general manager and eight as, as a player. Um, how, did, how did winning, leading the team to the Stanley Cup compare to being one of the team leaders as a player? Well, it, it's, uh, I, it's, it's so different as yeah. feeling. You know, you're not on the ice. But 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 the feeling is just as good, you know. You, yeah. You're 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 there, um, you know. Like like when we won in '86, I remember I was by the board. I didn't even jump on the ice to take the picture with the rest of the group. I was just yeah. there and say, "Wow, you know, I build this, not yeah. myself, not on my team. We build this team." You did, you know, like when I'm a player, I'm on the ice, but I, I did not build the team that I played with. It, it, it's different. Uh, I was I was really, really proud of that. Yeah, an incredible accomplishment. Now, talk about adversity. The two things that stand out in my mind about you with the adversity was your your broken leg, your multiple surgeries, and, and the way things ended with your relationship with the Habs in 1995. To the extent that you're willing to share, what was that like? the end of your time as a general manager with the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I, I was, I was, you know, any management, they're allowed to fire the manager. And when you agree at that job, you agree that one day you might be fired. But, but that year, my team, I had such a great team. And a week before I was fired, I told Ron Corey, I may be a player away from the Stanley Cup. Hmm. I really thought I had a great team and that I, I, I really could have a run to the Stanley Cup. And that's why I was so disappointed. And we, we I went that year at camp, everybody had the flu. We had a slow start and only after four games, you know, and, and that, 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 that I thought, I thought, and I still think that was unfair. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough. Uh, when it's all said and done, um, you enter the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1986, and then the Montreal Canadiens in 06 retire your jersey uh, in the rafters in November of 2006. What were those? What do you remember those moments? That recognition of uh, people saying, "Serge, job well done." Well. Uh... Again, it's the same thing than being in Moscow in 72. I don't think I realized at that time how oh, great, you know, what's, what, what an honor. Uh, Till the following year, when I had my grandchildren, hey, Papa, Papa, I, I, was at the, I was at the farm last night. I was at the Bell Center and I saw your jersey. Yeah. You know that that that's it's a, wow! It's 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 a great recognition from from the team. Uh, it's a, you know beside being in the Hall of Fame, I, I guess uh, it's a great honor. It's just a great honor. And uh, and today I 
I, I, I see it as a bigger honor than I did in 2006. Wow. Uh, you've been so generous with your time. It has been so fun catching up with you. We play something at the end of every podcast with our legends called Five Fun Fast Facts, where I'll ask you quick five questions. You give me your quick answer to that. You want to play? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Number one, uh, time now for Five Fast Facts. The best teammate you ever played with, who would that be? Well, I have many. Billable. Jean Belleville, Le Gros Bill. Your favorite Stanley Cup victory, and you had eight of them. 1976, for the reason I told you before. Who did you hate playing against the most and why? I, I hated to play against Feli, Bobby Clark, uh, Phyllis Pusto. I never liked Phyllis Pusto till 72. I never liked Bobby Clark till 72. He sat beside me for a month and a half. And and then I said, well, he's not that bad. And uh, and we, we, we still friend us today. Other than Montreal, obviously, what was your favorite NHL city to play in? I, I guess I thought Boston was a, probably the nicest city in those days, I, and I did not really enjoy playing there. <laughs> but 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 uh, my favorite city was probably Boston. Yeah. Was it easier being a player or a general manager? Player. I don't blame you. And you were an amazing player. How are you doing today, Serge? Before we say goodbye. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. I, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I cannot hide my uh, my, my age. Uh, you said I was a younger player in '72. I was 26 years old, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 77. Uh, I'm in pretty good shape. I kept my weight down. I trained three, four times a week, and uh, I, I just hope to 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 live uh, another 10, 15 years healthy. I want to be healthy. It's too many guys I know, too many friends I know that that they get sick and uh, and it's it's not funny, you know. You're getting healthy, you're getting older and healthy. That's that's what I want to do. Serge, thank you. Yeah, and we certainly wish you all the best, health and happiness. Thank you so much for taking the time to join with us and, and talk to us on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun catching up, my friend. Be well. Thank you, Dino. Eight-time Stanley Cup champion as a player, two more as a general manager, Hockey Hall of Famer, a member of the 1972 and 76 Team Canada rosters. Hockey Hall of Fame legend, Serge Savard. The Overtime Podcast is proudly presented by 7-Eleven. Before leaving the rink, order your favorite Slurpee, fresh, 100% premium Arabica coffee, hot from the oven pizza and wings, pint of ice cream, or even a carton of milk, a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread from the 7Now app and Team 7-Eleven. We'll have your order ready for pickup 24-7. Hey, if you missed any parts of the show, don't worry. Visit our website at overtimepodcast.ca where you can both listen and subscribe to future shows. 7-Eleven's Overtime Podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next week, I'm Gino Retta saying so long, hockey fans, and thanks for joining us on the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the Crave. Download the 7Now Delivery app, and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say... Fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just $11.99, order a large hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2.
7-Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats 24-7. 